The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What makes a successful entrepreneur? One who is constantly worried about the success of their business to the point where they don't have any time for themselves? Or one who keeps an eye on business but also makes time for the rest of their life? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn how to create an amazing, successful business and still have time for a life. Now, here's Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom, the radio program for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders and managers who want to have a business and a life you love. I'm Shirley Dalton, your host. Thanks for joining me, whether it be live or on demand, I'm so happy you joined in. Our aim is to bring you the experts and most up-to-date information to help you lead and manage your people, develop and take care of yourself and systematise and streamline your business. Every week, we want you to have at least one takeaway that you can implement immediately to change your business and your life. And today, you're in for a real treat. Our guest expert, Sandra Malhotra, is going to share with you some simple everyday things you can do to increase your level of happiness. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me because a lot of my clients become clients because they're feeling stressed and overwhelmed by the amount of work aka tasks they have to do plus the pressure of owning and running a business and leading and managing people. You know, in fact, as a former boss of mine used to say about managing people, he'd say, Shirley, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And that's why you get paid the big bucks. And he was right. So I want you to remember that if you're leading and managing people, it's not easy. especially when you're first learning to supervise people and hold them accountable, let alone give them a performance review. I'll share with you here, I can remember the first time I was preparing to give a performance review and I asked my boss for permission to take the employee across the road and have coffee. Hmm. He looked at me and he was this huge man sitting up from the desk, very tall, very big, had this very deep voice and he said, well, that's all very well if she passes but the coffee won't taste that great if she fails or has things to improve. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Okay, well, we'll do it in my office. And just on that point, I did have to fail someone, and that's when I learned to do the reviews on a Friday. That way I didn't have to suffer the look and the sulking for the next few days because they actually had the weekend to get over it. So you might be asking yourself, what's all this got to do with happiness and reducing stress? Well, these are some of the things that we deal with on a daily basis that cause us stress. When we don't know how to do something, we do the best we can, but oftentimes there are better ways to do things. And today you're going to learn about a study that was conducted by Gretchen Rubin called The Happiness Project and how we each have our own bandwidth for happiness and how we can actually improve or increase our bandwidth. Now, doesn't that sound fascinating? 
Our guest today, Sandra Malhotra, can tell you firsthand what it's like to reach the point of burnout and hopefully by Sandra sharing her story, you'll be able to recognise the signs and symptoms and prevent your own burnout or that of someone close to you. In fact, this was the impetus for Sandra's interest in health and wellness and her mission to help support those who embrace the fact that although you may be members by birth of the baby boom generation or Gen X or Gen Y, you can choose to be members of Generation Regeneration or Gen R as Sandra likes to call it, just by the daily choices you make. So let me give you a bit of Sandra's background so you can understand where she's coming from. Sandra is a classically trained scientist, having earned a Bachelor of Science and a PhD in Material Science and Engineering. As a technologist, she learned how to think critically, examine problems from different angles and question assumptions. Sandra relied upon these skills as an engineer at IBM Microelectronics for nine years and as a Director of Technology at Intermolecular, Inc., for eight years. She managed high-performing teams and complex projects and is a co-inventor of 50 patents and co-author of 30 scholarly publications. Sandra is passionate about pursuing sustained health through nutrition, exercise, spiritual reconnection and holistic healing techniques and is convinced that this whole body approach is the most effective way to prevent and treat the root causes of disease. Sandra hosts Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio on Voice America to provide education and inspiration to those who want to regenerate their bodies, minds and spirits by making better daily choices. Welcome, Sandra. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Shirley. It was a little long-winded today. I apologize for that. (laughs) No, it's great setup. So, Sandra, would you mind sharing your story of what it was like working in Silicon Valley and how you came to realize that you had reached that point of burnout? Certainly. Silicon Valley, as you may know, is a really unique place. It's very entrepreneurial and competitive. And there are a lot of startups there. And frequently, they're funded by venture capitalists who invest a great deal. Could be millions, could be tens of millions of dollars in getting these businesses off the ground. And they want to see a return on their investment sooner rather than later. So this puts a lot of pressure on startup employees to produce results at just about any cost because the risk is that the company can go under if they don't. And the incentive for employees of startups to work so hard is primarily financial gain from stock options that they're given, which are worthless if the company goes under and doesn't exist. So Uh that was my situation. And I worked at a startup for about eight years that did go public while I was there. But by the end, I was absolutely miserable. (laughs) I had no time to do much of anything that I enjoyed, had a limited social life. I had gained weight. My marriage was on the rocks. I was short-tempered. I was tired all the time from adrenal fatigue, from being in what we're going to talk about, uh, basically being in fight-or-flight mode all the time. And I even started having anxiety attacks. <laughs> so I did a good job hiding this from my colleagues when I was at work. But in my personal life, it, I was more of a mess. So that doesn't sound too good, does it? <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. And basically, there just wasn't a lot of joy in my life. And I knew that something had to change because life shouldn't be that awful. So 
having said all of that, having been through that experience, I, I still think that everything happens in life for a reason and that there are lessons to be learned from all of it. And I think I did have to go through all of this to learn some valuable lessons Mm -hmm. and others may need to as well. But now looking back on it, my advice is that if you find yourself in such a place, you need to manage this stress, which we're going to talk about some more. And then you need to figure out why you're there, what can be learned, and possibly move on to a better situation. Yeah, look, and one of my questions there was, um, what are some of the signs and symptoms you experienced? And you've you've mentioned it there, like short-tempered, adrenal fatigue, getting into that fight-or-flight mode with the anxiety. And it's interesting that you say that you hid that from your colleagues because I see this a lot in the clients that I work with and um, they may be past the start-up mode, like you were mentioning, but running their own business... I'm sure that that, as a lot of our listeners could actually relate to that and say, ooh, and and if you ask their families, they're going to say, oh, yeah, they're (laughs) short-tempered. Yes, that's right. Not a lot of joy, not a lot of joy for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, And so, again, you know, figuring out the why and then what can be learned. And I I love the quote that I heard recently that um, there's no such thing as failure. There's only success or learnings. And it sounds like you've learned quite a bit. That's right. I I learned a lot from being in that situation. Um, First was just business skills. Working for a startup is a unique experience. I I was the third employee at this startup, and when I left, it was over 200 employees strong. So I got to see a lot of growth and a lot of what it takes to build a business like that. I learned good management practices, and I learned bad management practices also. And I think the big takeaway for me was just learning what I really am able to accomplish. Because previous to that, I had been working at a large company, IBM, and my job was a bit more siloed there. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're working in a startup, uh, you can wear many, many hats. And if you are successful at your job, it can have a very large impact on the overall mm-hmm. company. And so I think from that, I just gained a lot of knowledge and confidence in the fact that, hey, I could, I could do some pretty awesome stuff, which when you're working in a larger company where you may not have that much responsibility, you may not get that. And so I, I am very grateful for the whole experience having happened but it was also time, there was also a time to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. So what did you do to get well? Well, the first thing that I did is I actually left that situation. <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I really had to. Um, I, I couldn't figure out how to make it work otherwise. And fortunately, I was able to take a bit of a break from working full time to get over the adrenal fatigue um, and get my energy back. And I also focused on nutrition and exercise. I lost the extra weight. I just began reconnecting with family and also just asking myself some bigger questions like, what really do I want to accomplish in this life? What do I think I'm put here for? So I read a lot of books, watched a lot of Oprah shows where she interviewed a lot of spiritual thought leaders like Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, Marianne Williamson, great people. And I just became convinced that if I got in touch with that purpose, I should be able to work in a situation that provides abundance and happiness at the same time, that -hmm. you shouldn't have to choose one or the other, that you shouldn't have to kill yourself in order 
to make a salary, that there should be a way to combine those things. And so I just began thinking about, okay, how can I do that? So really what you're saying is that it sounds like you went on a quest to discover your purpose. And once you found your purpose, then you can be healthy and abundant. Absolutely. That's very well put. Yes. And I I think that in just taking a break, I was able to do some reading and do some thinking about things to come to that realization. And I absolutely believe that that is true right now, that if you really are in sync with what you are supposed to be doing in this life, it shouldn't be hard and it shouldn't be miserable. There should Mm. be ways to be able to do your work, make contributions, and be happy and at peace at the same time. So what's your advice then, Sandra, for some of our listeners who might be thinking, well, that's all good for you. You know, you could leave and you could do that, but I've got this business, you know, and it's my (laughs) business and I have to stay here. What advice would you give them? Okay, yeah, that's that's a good question, and I'm sure there are a lot of people in that situation. Um, burning yourself out isn't doing anybody any favors. It, you're not doing yourself a favor, and you're not doing anyone around you a favor either. Uh, and what burnout is, is basically you're in a state of chronic stress, and that's not a good place to be. That's where basically your sympathetic nervous system takes over, and you're in fight-or-flight mode all of the time. And The sympathetic nervous system and fight or flight, that's been very valuable and handy for us for survival, but it's not meant to be there all the time. It's not meant to be chronic. It's only meant to be there for short periods where there's a crisis that you need to get out of. And if it is chronic, basically down to the cellular level, your body is frozen. You're just ready for a crisis. You're not regenerating. You're not nourishing yourself. And so there are some simple things that you can do to get yourself out of this mode. And one of the best things you can do is actually meditation and breathing exercises. So if you're running a business and you've been in a stressful meeting, learn how to get yourself out of that fight or flight mode. And there are books that you can read. There's yoga classes you can go to. We can actually continue talking about this if you like. Okay, great. Well, it's, it's time for a short break. So we'll come back. We're talking with Sandra Malhotra. I'm Shirley Dalton, and we're going to talk about what you can do to overcome and prevent stress and burnout. We'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. 
If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. We were talking about how to manage stress and burnout because I know a lot of our listeners are feeling that. So I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. And our guest today, Sandra Malhotra, is going to pick up on that and share with with you some tips on what you can actually do. So, Sandra, what can we do? Okay. So just to start off the discussion again, the sympathetic nervous system, that's the nervous system that kicks in when you're very stressed, you're in fight or flight mode, and you feel that you're in a crisis. And that is where your body is really not regenerating and nourishing itself. It's getting ready to get out of a life or death situation. And so you don't want to be there chronically. That's not a good state to be in. What you want to do is to activate what's called the parasympathetic nervous system. That's a nervous system that takes over when you're relaxed, when you're digesting food, when your body is rebuilding itself. And so how do you do that? Well, one way is simply breathing. Because one thing that happens when you're in fight or flight mode is that your breathing becomes very shallow. And you may even be able to catch yourself doing this. It's like you're practically hyperventilating. And if you decide, you make the conscious decision, okay, I am going to manage this, you can do deep breathing exercises for three minutes to five minutes and your body will be relaxed again. And there's also meditations that you can do. Um, You can find, for example, online, Deepak Chopra does a lot of free three-week meditation programs. That's 15 minutes of your day that you can take out to learn to meditate and to get yourself back into that relaxed state. Another modality that I really love is just yoga. Mm -hmm. I'm not a very serious yogi. Uh, I'll go maybe once a week. Uh, maybe twice a week is good for me, but even just going once a week, it teaches you how to manage your nervous system by doing several things that I just mentioned. You learn breathing in yoga. You learn meditation. You learn how to move your body in ways to loosen the knots and everything that happens by holding your shoulders and, and, and maintaining all that stress And you also learn some things just about spiritual connection and perspective that can help you just understand the bigger picture of things and not get so stressed by the little things that happen during the day. So I know yoga may not be for everybody, but if anybody is even thinking about trying it, I would strongly encourage it because it's just a wonderful modality for managing stress. 
And I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I love yoga. I don't always get to do it, but my aim is to do it each morning. And yeah. I know the mornings when I do do it, my day goes a heck of a lot better than the That's days right. when I get up and get straight into it. It's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And often, I, you know, I can totally relate to where the business owners are some days with that uh, stress and, um, you know, that just that, that adrenaline. And, yes. and And I'm really pleased that you're pointing that out for us. Now, something else that you were mentioning also was this thing called the Happiness Project. So can you tell us about that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is a book by writer Gretchen Rubin called The Happiness Project. And in the beginning of the show, when I was talking about how I was feeling when I was burned out, I felt like there wasn't a lot of happiness and joy in my life. And so we just talked about some things that you can do to get yourself out of a stressful state by breathing, meditating. That's great stuff in the short term to relax yourself. But bigger picture, it's also important to focus on your own happiness, even if you are very, very busy. Because the beauty of this book is that what Gretchen does is she talks about just little things that you can do to modulate your daily routine such as you're incorporating things that bring you joy and make you happy. And the point that Gretchen makes, which is a very good one, which is the result of a lot of research that she did into happiness, is that being happy is not a selfish exercise. <laughs> I know some people can think that, oh, I don't deserve to be happy. You know, um, by being miserable and stressed out, that means that I'm working hard. Well, no, that's, <laughs> that's not really true. Um, by being happy, you are more fun to be around. You're more collaborative. You open yourself up to being more creative and being a better problem solver. And you lift up the people around you so that they have a chance at being happier and being more collaborative and creative. So it's actually a great way to just be more successful. And I know that some people think, oh, well, if you're successful, of course you're happy because you're rich and you have all of this fame. Well, what she points out is that quite often the happiness comes first. Mm -hmm. If you're a happy person, you're more likely to be a more successful person because of all those reasons that I just mentioned. Mm. And in addition to that, if you're a happier person, you're most likely a more relaxed and a healthier person as well for all the reasons we just talked about, about the whole fight or flight mode. So what she does through the book is she takes you through what she called her happiness project, which what she did for one year is that she set aside goals for each month, things to focus on, ways to just modulate her routine a little bit so that she can add some joyful things into her life. And she's a great writer, so it's a really fun read. So I would recommend if anybody wants to figure out how to do little things to make themselves happier, go ahead and pick up that book. You'll enjoy it. And it's quite counterintuitive, isn't it, where you you become happy and then you become successful, whereas a lot of people say, oh, I'll be happy when, and, exactly. and it's actually the, yeah, the other way around. Totally. Way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So I just want to continue with this um, thing on the happiness project. Um, you also were talking about something called a happiness bandwidth. What's that? that that's right. Yes, she talks about this in the book. It's where 
each of us, just as a function of our unique personality, have sort of a lower limit of happiness and an upper limit of happiness. Because you probably know people who are just super happy all the time. They don't Mm -hmm. even have to work at it. (laughs) They're just happy. And you might know other people who maybe are a little more serious or somber. And that may just be their nature. So you have a band. And what she points out in the book is that it's difficult to change the upper and lower limit of that band. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much part of your personality. But you can figure out how to operate at its sort of the upper level of your particular band so that you're the happiest person that you can be. And the way that you do that is by doing something like a happiness project and injecting things into your daily routine that give you joy. Oh, I love that because I can imagine for some of our listeners, they'd be thinking there and thinking, well, I'm not on the really high, over-the-top, jolly, jolly, happy, happy. <laughs> um, and, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. Th- there's that self-acceptance and, and awareness to say, well, that's okay, but how can I get to the top? And there was something else that you said that I really liked and I caught on to then, and that is that being happy is not a selfish thing to do and you know and that makes so much sense and for me one of the things that I love to do is to read and yet I've found myself in the last couple of weeks saying oh I'm just going to indulge myself now and read a book and and it is it's almost like I'm um being selfish and so what you've done today is to to give us permission to say you know what it's actually your responsibility to do things that will make you happy and and I just love the the way that we've been able to turn that around that's right yeah so um one of the things there that we were talking about was um, how you can incorporate some little things into your life each month Would you share some of the things that you might have done um, to incorporate? Because, you know, going from a standing stop, start, and then, you know, people often get enthusiastic and go, right, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week and we might do that for two weeks and then, oh, can't be bothered and then off we go. But you're talking about this systematic incrementation, if you like, if there's such a word. (laughs) That's right. Yes, what she did is she broke broke her happiness project up into 12 months. Mm -hmm. And so that way you're able, like you say, to just take little pieces at a time, not bite off so much that you'll you'll do it and then it'll become too much. It's just little things. And so, for example, in January, I'll give you a couple of things that she did and then I'll tell you about my happiness project. Um, In January, she wanted to boost her energy. So she focused on some things with vitality. So mm-hmm. just little things with exercise, nutrition, going to bed earlier at night, waking up earlier, those little things. February, Valentine's Day, focusing on love and her marriage. So little things that she could do to smooth out things with her relationship. And then March was aiming higher, setting some work goals, those types of things. So you can see how she divided it up. And mm-hmm. for me, what I personally found is that there are just about five things that I could do every day that will make me very happy, and they're not even that time-consuming. So for me, the first thing, waking up first thing in the morning, I like to do Reiki on myself and do some emotional freedom technique tapping. Mm -hmm. 
that takes all of five minutes to do or less. And I feel so much better when I get up in the morning and do that. I then like to exercise, uh, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. But if I do that every day, I feel so much better. And that Mm -hmm. could be doing various things. I like to spend time with our dog, um, taking him for a walk. That could be 15, 20 minutes a couple times a day. Mm -hmm. Gratitude. We're going to be talking about gratitude in an upcoming segment. That's Mm -hmm. a huge one. And we're going to really get into how important gratitude is to an overall feeling of happiness. And also for me, it's just focusing on love and being loved, opening myself up to love. Because I personally, I just have been guarded for a large part of my life. And I found that opening myself up to more loving feelings and showing love is huge. So mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not a lot of stuff, right? Those five things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, had, it makes a huge difference. And I think that's the point of her book is that identifying what those little things are that will make you really happy if you just get them done every day and hold yourself accountable. Make a chart and check these things off every day to make sure you do them. And when you do, amazingly, you'll feel a lot better. Oh, I love that. So those five things were when you wake up, you do Reiki and you do your EFT, the um, tapping technique. And yeah. we've got a guest coming up, Dr. George Pratt, who is an expert in that. So um, for our ah, listeners, great stuff. That, yeah. yeah, that's going to be fabulous. And then you do your exercise and then you take your dog for a walk a couple of times a day. You focus on gratitude and of being open to showing and receiving love. Yes. I love that. So we're going to take a quick break and give you time to think about that. And when we come back, Sandra is going to share with you some easy peasy techniques to help you regenerate your body, mind and spirit. And we're going to talk more about gratitude. So thanks for joining us. I'm Shirley Dalton and you're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of The Costa Report, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. My guest this week was Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under President Clinton, Mr. Henry Cisneros, who'll be here to talk about 13 trends which make investing in real estate in urban centers a sure bet. Don't miss Henry Cisneros this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover BusinessFreedomFighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret 
is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. We're back. I'm your host, Shirley Dalton, and you've been listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with special guest Sandra Malhotra. Now, Sandra's about to share with you some simple techniques with us to help us regenerate our body, mind and spirit. And we're going to take a closer look at this thing called gratitude. So, Sandra, we've looked at some physical things we can do for our body to help release the tension. And when we spoke earlier, you mentioned another important activity, and that is focusing on gratitude. What exactly is gratitude? Wow, that's a very good question. (laughs) And I can answer it based on reading that I've done, interviews that I've watched, TED Talks that I've taken in, because it's clear that gratitude is a huge factor in determining levels of happiness. And that's why it's important to build it into your daily routine and why I put it into my happiness project to make sure that it stays there. And to me, you can be grateful for all the wonderful things in your life only if you're living in the present. Mm-hmm. If you're not beating yourself up over what happened yesterday or worrying about tomorrow, if you're really absorbing everything that's happening in the moment, acknowledging, especially if it's a wonderful moment, and focusing on that, focusing on what you have instead of what you don't have. And many of us throughout our day, if we really do live in the present and acknowledge it, we'll realize there are some pretty awesome things that are happening. Um, If we look up from the cell phone or stop worrying about the past or the future. So to me, that's what gratitude is. It's grounding yourself in the present and really appreciating the little wonderful things that happen throughout your day. Oh, I love that. That's a wonderful way to put that, grounding yourself in the present and appreciating all the wonderful things that you have. And I'll share a a little story with you, and um, it's a little bit personal. When I was growing up, my mother used to say to me all the time, oh, you're an ungrateful wretch. And yeah, I know. And so (laughs) I I developed this thing against the word grateful. It's like every time Mm. somebody said be grateful, it was like, oh, (laughs) I'm in trouble. But the word that you used then was appreciate and that I can do. And and I think for a lot of listeners, if you if you can't be grateful, appreciate. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So grounding yourself in the present and appreciating what you do have. I love it. And so again, why is appreciation and gratitude and being present, why is that important? I I think it's important because what you're doing then is you're focusing on the positive. And a great explanation of why focusing on the positive is so important was given to me by by an author called Sean Acor, if you've heard of him. he Sean Acor is a, a Harvard-trained researcher in the field of positive psychology, and he's written two really good books. One is called The Happiness Advantage, and another mm-hmm. one is called Before Happiness. 
And I'm just going to read you a little selection here of what he wrote in Before Happiness. This is on page three. Mm -hmm. And he says here, the reason some people see the world so differently from others is that the human brain doesn't just take a picture of the external world like a camera. It is constantly interpreting and processing the information it receives. Every time the world provides us with information, our brains expend energy, creating our understanding of this information. And then he goes on to say, while the human brain receives 11 million pieces of information every second from our environment, it can process only 40 bits per second, which means it has to choose what tiny percentage of this input to process and attend to and what chunk to dismiss or ignore. Thus, reality is a choice. What you choose to focus on shapes how you perceive and interpret your world. So... Basically, by being grateful, what you're choosing to do is to focus on the positive things that are happening in your life. Um, There are negative things and stressful things that happen to all of us throughout the day. And you can choose to focus and linger on those, or you can choose not to. And you can choose to look at the beautiful sunrise as you're going to work early in the morning, or the beautiful way the sun is Uh, coming over the mountains or the way the snow is sitting in the trees or the silly way your puppy acted in the morning. There are so many little things that you can choose to focus on with your consciousness and choose then to not focus on the negative stuff. So for me, that's my understanding of why gratitude is so important. Mm. And and I'm uh, reminded of a quote by Lisa Nichols too. She says, energy grows where focus goes. And so that... Yeah, it's good. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and and so if you want good things to be happening, then it's really important to be focusing on that. And I love the way that you explained that and gave us that example from Sean Acor, was it? The yes. the author. So and I just want to bring this back to our listeners as well. Um one time I worked with one of my clients and and he doesn't mind me sharing this story, and he used to complain about his staff. Oh, this lot, he used to say, oh, only I can do it. They're hopeless. They're um, terrible. They can't do it. They make mistakes. And it was like, ooh, you know, because the more he focused on that, the more he got that. And then once he was able to then start looking and say, well, actually, what do my staff do well? He started to attract better and better staff and really shift the business. And so, if you're in business and you're working with people, this is another way that you can start to be grateful and appreciate and look at the things that people do well as opposed to focusing on all the negative. And the other point that I just want to make there is um, the universe or God or the source, whatever you want to call it, has this abundance and wants to give us what we want and it's up to us to really show our appreciation for the gifts that we get. And if you think about it, if you go to the trouble of thinking about somebody and you get this gift for them and you imagine you're really excited to give it to them, you've wrapped it beautifully and you're imagining it and you go over and you go, hey, I've got this gift for you. Oh, I'm so excited. And they go, oh, thanks. And then they open it and they look at it and, you know, from side to side and shake their head and screw their mouth up and go, oh, yeah, great, that's nice, thanks very much, and almost toss it aside. Oh, do you, how do you feel? Like you don't really feel like you want to go and get them another gift. 
And that's how I see it with the universe. If we don't enthusiastically appreciate what we've got, then (laughs) the universe doesn't really want to give us more gifts. It's not motivated. So what we do now is we have a happy dance. Every time something goes right that we've been wanting, we get up and we celebrate and we have a happy dance (laughs) and we clap. And, And I think that's really important as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, So do you have some examples then, Sandra, about how listeners can show gratitude? Ah, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have heard several people talk about how they keep, for example, a gratitude journal where Mm -hmm. at the end of every day they write down what they're grateful for. Um, I've also heard there's an author, her name's Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love, which was a very popular movie, and she's a very popular speaker now too. She keeps what she calls a gratitude jar where she grabs snippets of paper at the end of every day and writes down what she's grateful for during Mm -hmm. that day, throws it into the big jar, and then has fun at the end of the year going back and reading all these snippets. And she makes the point that this doesn't have to be a big production. It doesn't have to be fancy. That she usually writes her little notes on the back of a piece of scrap paper or even a receipt and then just Mm -hmm. drops it into the jar. So it doesn't have to be a big time-consuming thing. For me personally, journaling never really works. I've started and stopped so many gratitude journals uh, that I've pretty much decided that's not going to work for me. So what I do throughout the day is actually I make big mental notes of the things that I'm very grateful for during the day. And then I just, before I go to sleep at night, I just take an inventory and review all those things that I made mental notes of and go through them and re-experience them, re-experience them because actually remembering all the details about a positive event is just like experiencing it all over again. It has the same effect on your body and mind. So by just doing it mentally or writing it down, putting it in a jar or putting it in a journal, um, that's like experiencing wonderfulness twice. And it just gives your psyche a little kick and it gets your mind thinking in that positive direction and, a, and an appreciative direction also. And I'm also guessing that that is going to help you have better dreams. I know for a lot of people, and they may not even recognize this, but if you're watching some horror movie or some violent movie on TV before you go to bed, then that also plays in your subconscious. And so because you're going to bed and you're reliving these wonderful experiences that you've had, then I'm guessing that that also impacts on your sleep. I would think so. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful point. And the things that I review during the day, um, again, they're just little things. It could be like, for example, one experience that I had recently that I, I really liked. Uh, it was this last Sunday morning, actually. It was just yesterday morning. We got a bit of snow in Colorado on Saturday night. And mm-hmm. so we had three or four inches of snow on the ground and in the trees. And I was up with the puppy at around 6.45, 7 in the morning, taking a walk on a Sunday. So it was very quiet. And it was just so beautiful and so fun running around with this little fuzzball in the snow. And that's, that's what it was. That was one of the things that I was grateful for during that day was just that peaceful, beautiful experience. And I still think about it. It was, it was really lovely. 
Yes, yes. And so I wonder what it is for our listeners. What is it that says a memory there of an experience or a place that you go that makes you feel great? And if you can't get there, just to experience that and be grateful for it is going to lift that energy and vibration. And I know for me, it's the beach. And as soon as I can, I just go straight to the beach. And I don't have to go in for a swim, but I just love to have my feet walk in the water even if it's only an inch and it's almost like a a pressure valve goes off and it's just like ah, you know the that steam goes out and it just relaxes me and I'm so grateful for it and and on the issue there where you were saying about having a grateful journal or a gratitude journal um, I write them down Uh, I think about them each morning before I get out of bed I think oh you know what can I be grateful for so I'm in that before I even get out of bed and then of a night time I just scribble down five things that I'm grateful for or that I appreciate and some days if I'm really tired and I think oh no and, and I have to be truthful and I think oh I can't be bothered and so what I do is I just wave at the universe and go grateful (laughs) (laughs) so at least I am aware of it you know I may not always do it perfectly but I think and that's what you're saying Sandra is that it doesn't really matter uh, how you do it that as long as you do do it and so we're going to be coming back and having um, another chat in a minute of what else you can do to prevent the burnout or manage the burnout and the stress and the overwhelm. And Sandra's also going to talk about her her radio show called Generation Regeneration. So stay with us and we'll be right back. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover BusinessFreedomFighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Wow. This is our final segment. I'm your host, Shirley Dalton, and I'm here with radio host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. 
Now, you've been listening to Reclaim Your Freedom, where our aim is to inspire, educate and support you to be, do, have and feel how you want. And today we have given you so much content and so many things to do. If you're a business owner, a leader, a manager or an entrepreneur and you're feeling burned out or maybe after today's radio show you now know what that looks like so you're grumpy, not that much fun to be around, uh, you're tired and um, lethargic and you know just no energy whatsoever, then so these are some of the things to look for and just generally feeling not happy, then there's good news because you can change that. And we've talked today about a couple of books that can help you to do that. One is The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin, another couple of books by Sean Acor, and, of course, Elizabeth Gilbert with Eat, Pray, Love. And we've talked about how you can change that feeling of overwhelm, stress and burnout by focusing on being grateful and how you can do that in any number of ways, but as long as you're appreciating and focusing on the present of what's going well in your life, because remember, energy grows where focus goes. And so rather than focusing on all of the negative things and creating more of that, then you want to be starting to look at the things that are in your life that you can appreciate And maybe that's your partner, maybe it's your employees, look for the things that they do right. Maybe it's the snow, maybe it's the beach, whatever it is for you, I really want you to get connected with that and then to start reliving that and to experience that. And we've also looked at um, the happiness project in terms of we all have our own happiness bandwidth. And I think this is an amazing concept because we know that. I mean, there are some of us who are display, let's say display happiness in more exuberant ways than other people, but that doesn't mean that they're not happy. It just means that they're not demonstrative, as my mother used to say. I'm not demonstrative. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not even sure if that's a word. But anyway, you know, she, she was one of these people that she didn't shout out and show, express, but it didn't mean that she wasn't happy. And so if you're like that, then that's good news because there's no expectation that you have to change. But there are some things that you can do to increase your own bandwidth and start operating at the higher level. And um, our guest today, Sandra, shared a few of the things that she does, these daily practices such as exercising, taking the dog for a walk, um, being grateful and meditating. So some of these things are, you know, that you can start to incorporate and you don't have to incorporate them all at once. You can just pick the month. And so, for example, you might decide that uh, it is February, it is coming up to Valentine's Day, that this is your month to start focusing on relationships and to reconnect. If maybe you've been a little bit remiss with your attention to your family or your loved ones, then maybe just make an effort this month. And then next month you might like to focus on exercise, whatever it is for you. And so there's lots of things that you can do and that's our aim is that every week you can go away with some things that you can action right here, right now so that you can start to create the ideal lifestyle that you want which, you know, the irony there is when you become happy you get the ideal lifestyle. It's not I'll get it when. 
And there's another myth, Sandra, that we were talking about on the break that we want to dispel here, and that is this myth about unless you're um, burned out and stressed out, you're not dedicated to your job. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I've, I've seen this a couple times in my career. Uh, I saw it in graduate school, and I saw it again at the startup that I worked at, where there was this sort of implicit feeling, particularly amongst management, that unless you were running around like a chicken with your head cut off, depriving yourself of sleep and ignoring your family, that you aren't really dedicated to your job. (laughs) And oh my goodness, uh, I had a lot of trouble with that one because I was a manager and I did not feel that way. And what I really think is that if your employees are meeting their expectations, if you lay out what it is you expect from them and they do that, that actually they're doing everyone a favor by taking care of themselves. Um, they're probably driving down their health care costs if they're mm-hmm. taking care of themselves and regenerating their bodies, minds, and spirits. They're also bringing the best of themselves to the table if they're taking care of themselves. Because I know there were times uh, in my career where I was working so hard that I was so tired and so burned out that I could barely even think straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would be in meetings even with customers where I was so tired that I'd barely be able to think straight. So that's really not bringing the best of myself to the table. Uh, if I had been able to take care of myself a little bit more, I would have been bringing the best of my intellect, the best of my creativity, the best of my mood to the table. And I would think that that's really what you want. You want your employees to show up every day, bringing the best of themselves and meeting and exceeding their expectations. Um, not necessarily looking at a clock um, to see when people are coming and going or giving the person more respect who is actually burned out because there's this mistaken notion that that makes them more dedicated. And and that's a really good point. In fact, in my work with the businesses that I've worked with, often the owners will talk to me about Mary and, oh, she's wonderful and she stays back till 7 o'clock every night and everyone else goes home at 5 and I think, yeah, and Mary's the one that's pulling the wool over your eyes because (laughs) Mary's a drama queen. She's not efficient. She does nothing and she probably has to do her work after hours because she just doesn't do it during and and they reward this and think she's wonderful and I think she's just totally incompetent. So I'm glad that you raised that point. The other point there that you mentioned is about taking the time to regenerate and I can remember one time a boss that I had when I first started with him, he said, we don't pay overtime and I want you to go home, you know, I want you to be efficient and finish at time and go home and spend time with your family so that you come back to work the next day and you are um, re-energised for the day. And um, and that, I think, is one of the reasons, Sandra, why you started your program, Generation Regeneration. So tell us a little about that. Oh, absolutely. This is a program that's on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, and it's on Tuesdays at noon Pacific, I think just an hour before your show is mm-hmm. on. And uh, what I do is I feature a lot of integrative, holistic healers. We talk about how to live your life such that you regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Um, 
we're trying to demystify a lot of holistic modalities, uh, things that you may have heard of, acupuncture, naturopathy, for example, even things like energy medicine. Um, that's something which is becoming more popular and is actually can be a very powerful way to get at root causes of mm-hmm. ailments and diseases. Um, we talk a lot about food and nutrition. I have food movement activists on because, uh, at least in the United States, there's a lot of junk food available and the population is really suffering to a large degree because of this. Uh, we have large numbers of people who are overweight or obese, but at the same time undernourished. And mm-hmm. what ha- that the reason that happens is because they're eating a lot of calories that aren't nourishing their bodies. And so the weight comes and then so do things like diabetes and other chronic diseases. And really food, lifestyle, mental state, spiritual connection, all those things have a huge impact on our overall health. So we talk about a lot of those things during the show. And if anyone wants to check in on us you can follow our facebook page called gen r holistic radio and also i'm on twitter at sandra g malhotra and you can also check out our website wcubedcommunity.com and on there there's a place to sign up for newsletters so we'd love for you to check in with us Mm, that's fantastic, Sandra. So for, for all of our listeners there, you can come to us for the, the business um, tips and strategies on helping you to create your ideal lifestyle. And before us, you can go and listen to Sandra and her team of experts on the health and wellness channel. And I love it. I love the fact that Voice America have so many different channels so that people can really tune in. And there is so much free information and content yes. available you know, it's and um, and people get to know then about oh, there's a good book or there's a good tip, and I just love the fact that we're able to bring this to our listeners through our radio shows. And so, as we wrap up today, I want to thank you so much, Sandra. And I've been saying Malhotra, but you said Malhotra, and I think that's this Aussie twang. So <laughs> some, of, <laughs> some totally of the words, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, and that's another thing, you know, that here we are all around the world and we've got access to all of these experts. So thank you, Sandra, for being with us today. Thank you, listeners, for joining in. And I look forward to your company next week where we'll bring you another guest expert and lots more tips on how you too can reclaim your freedom. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, relax just a bit and have a great week. Enjoy the upcoming weekend and we'll see you here for the next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 